home again in Indiana. It just seems that I can't see that same old. Welcome back to Indiana, everybody. Welcome to back to the Fighting Irish Faithful podcast. Notre Dame, of course, was victorious in Ireland. And then uh, back to back to reality, back to school for uh, our student athletes. Uh, and uh, the vacation uh, is over for most who went out to the game, but not everybody. Some some people are actually still in Ireland uh, at Pillow Jace, <laughs> to be specific. At least he was this morning. Um, but I'm pretty sure he's still there because he was at. He sent me a picture at the Cliffs of Moore. Anyway, thank you everyone for joining us. This is the Fighting Irish Faithful Show. This is Volume 94. We're creeping in dangerously on that 100, that century mark. Season four, episode eight, powered by Dos Leprechauns Media. Very happy to make us part of your day, your commute, wherever you're listening to us. Thank you. Uh, check us out on Facebook. Uh, on YouTube, all your all your places, Dos Leprechauns. But the Fighting Irish Faithful Show, its podcast is still Spotify, iTunes, and all your podcast places. We haven't quite, uh, you know, we don't we, we don't have a prenup there on that one. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm welcomed uh, back to this well remote studio here uh, with my co-host Red Snapper ninety ninety eight. Welcome back, brother. Yeah, I'd like to think of it as the Orange Couch Satellite Studio. Yes, that's right. Exactly. Is that the couch that I slept on for the family reunion? That, that is the couch. It's comfy. Don't fall asleep here. We'll, we'll throw you lots of questions <laughs> so you don't fall asleep out there. Well, it's um, a double chaise put together. It's got, you know, kind of a velour velvet orange. Velour. You know, I went bold. I love it. It's very you, right? The the it, well, and it's not like like bright, like you know, some Muppet character bright orange. It's 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 very tasteful. Like I think it works. Yeah, so. I love it. Excellent. And to quote the dude, the the floor rug ties the whole thing together. The floor rug ties the whole thing together. Is that actually a quote from Big Lebowski? It is. It, it must the be. The rug brought it all together, man. There, there, there is another Big Lebowski quote. Um, oh, which one is it? Oh, it's this one. Here we go. Hey, careful, man. There's a beverage here. That that one was legit. <laughs> careful, man. There's another one about, like, Walter, you're an asshole. Oh, this one. Am I wrong? You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. That okay. sounds like my <laughs> podcast too, you know. <laughs> you're not wrong. You're just an hey, asshole. The dude abides. What can I the say? The dude abides. All right. L- enough. Enough. The shenanigans and, and malarkey. Uh, although I have a T-shirt, and so does Toddler Irish Faithful has a has a sh- matching shirt. It says uh, nothing but uh, malarkey and uh, shenanigans. Let's get to some Notre Dame stuff here. Let's not just uh, shoot the shit here. Uh, we got five foot nothing pod and uh, Coach Parsegian. I say we bring them both on. They're both loyal supporters of the show and let's talk a little bit about navy before we get into uh, the title of this show which is notre dame's first fcs game which is worthy of our discussion um you know positive negative however people want to want to take it i just hope we beat the crap out of them that's all that really matters to me um but anyway uh first and foremost let's get the formalities going yes we're powered by scotch and spreadsheets tonight uh we have a glenn ness 
Highland single malt scotch whiskey. We're trying to, we're starting to branch out with the scotch here. I'm trying to get a wider, cast a wider net here, kind of like Peter here, like Jesus says, go ahead and throw your net over this side of the boat here. I'm take, I'm interpreting uh, the message of Christ as to uh, go to the fancier liquor store and get some other uh, whiskeys uh, from Scotland. So let's embrace them all. All right, Five Foot Nothing Pod and Coach Parsegian, I see you guys are on mute. Well, it's How, just... How's it? I knew that was going to happen. You're both going to... Welcome back, both of you. Just someone go. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go. Um, you're out of your element, Donnie. How did we miss that one? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I, I, I wanted to jump on uh, now because I actually have to, as I mentioned, I'll be recording my FCS preview tomorrow night down almost to Mexico. I got to be like six in the morning, so I'll be on for a little bit here. Are you going to have like like seven beers before you at, at said bar at said hotel where you got hooked up last time? Joe, they're free. Like, you are paying for it in a roundabout way. Me, me personally, out of uh, I, I listened to your last show. Okay, and yes, no, we, we no, had a conversation they, on the phone, right? Oh but. yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, you know, forget the five for nothing. Michael Palkovic not paying a cent for those beers, not even in a roundabout way. Okay, Chris maybe Farmer. your employer kind of is with your room and board. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> It's a business. You know, it's so funny. I was in a, I was in a meeting at work today, you know, a legit meeting with a, one of our suppliers. We got some new parts and stuff, you know, we're, we're getting up. So legit meeting. But then like some of the guys in the purchasing team, I swear they have more fun, but they're like, hey, yeah, are you going? And they're like, hey, you should come too. I'm like, dude, there's no way I can convince my boss to, to, to go to Arizona with you guys and, you know, visit the supplier and do this, you know, like, don't get me wrong. It's a great supplier. It's good business. You know, it's important for the company, but I don't know if I can convince myself, not much less my manager, uh, forget the doc, you know, for a minute here that it's even remotely possible to do this. And coach Parsegian must be microwaving popcorn. That's exactly what I was going to ask. <laughs> it's just, Oh no, the, all the vaping. No, I'm getting the oven started. What do you got, like Totinos or something? <laughs> no, fish sticks. What was, fish, fish sticks? Tonight. Yes. On a on a Tuesday. Look at you. What, yes. what, what, you're supposed to keep the fish sticks on on pause for Friday. But I'm not Catholic. It doesn't matter. That's still what you should do. All right. You're, you're listening to this podcast. You're. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. Presbyterians were once Catholic. It's okay. Uh, I'm, I'm here to be your conscience. It's fine. And this is a Notre Dame football podcast, so I would argue it's also a Catholic podcast. Yay. Look, you do you. All right. I'm just here to say, consider this. Hey, he could be, you know, heating up the fish sticks for Fish Taco Tuesday. So. Oh. Well, uh, co Coach, what time zone are you in? Central. Okay, so I'm just wondering what time of the night you're... you guys are clearly closer to each other. <laughs> yes, we're we're it's, both. It's, yeah, it's it's almost nine o'clock here. Oh my gosh! <laughs> All right, I'm going to steer the podcast closer to. Uh, <laughs> let's recap a little bit of Navy 
versus Notre Dame. Okay, Notre Dame clearly wins um, 39 points. Now, one thing I wanted to discuss in kind of listening to some other people, and yes, I did a recap of myself, right? Okay, sue me. Um, one thing that I, I really appreciated about this game and a little bit of retrospect back to the 2012 game where we also kicked Navy's ass. Uh, Coach, I'm going to have to put you on mute if you, uh, you know, can't stop your... Go ahead. All right, you're... All right, there you go. You're distracting me. I'm, I'm the one who's usually not distracted. Um, we've got Notre Dame wins by 39 points. Now, what's great about that is national champions on average defeat their opponent by 27 points and we clearly exceed that by a plus 12 so so that's really good um and no i haven't broken this down by quote good teams versus great teams versus you know fcs teams or non-power five teams right um so i haven't done that but there are a few other things that jumped off the page as well um notre dame actually ran the ball less in this game than they did in 2012 which is interesting but that kind of makes sense because we have a better quarterback even though we had eg um we ran the ball less 191 yards versus 293 in 2012 passing yards far far and above 253 versus 197 in 2012 um but not as many yard points we had 444 total versus 490 versus and that doesn't include the um, the, you know, scoop and score by Stefan to which is another, you know, 60 plus, right? Um, Notre Dame had, uh, there was zero turnover margin in this game. So we're a flat even, um, because we didn't get any turnovers from Navy. They were much more disciplined than they were in 2012. In 2012, they had four, um, which, you know, hey, hooray for us, you know, or maybe that's just the, the good, the goodness and the juju that was coming from, um, from Manti Teo that year. Um, one thing also, our yards per point was still also not as good as it was in 2012. It was 10.6 on Saturday versus 9.8. National champions, 11.8. Um, but what's really great is our rushing attempts per touchdown. We had 16, um, just about that national champion average. But get a load of this shit. Passing attempts per touchdown. So Hartman had a um well obviously he threw four passing touchdowns um and two i think one or two passes were thrown by angeli um but notre dame as a team our passing attempts to touchdown ratio was six national champions are 12 so half of that which is fan freaking tastic now the last thing and then i'll throw it over to my co-host here whoever wants to jump on the last thing i wanted to talk about was the scoring drives, okay? Notre Dame was six out of eight of all our scoring drives. Only one, well, really technically two, were not successful for points. One was that missed field goal, and the other one was the end of the game. Um, but on our first five drives in a row, we scored touchdowns on all of them. Versus in 2012, our first three touchdowns, possessions resulted in touchdowns we were successful on 75 percent of all of our drives resulting in points in 2012 it was 70 percent so a little better and i think that's something we're really going to pay attention to as the season goes on how successful are you on drives we had zero punts that's what that means right um we did punt in 2012 right so so 
I go back and I look at this, and then furthermore, if you could jump over to Navy here, they were one out of eight. They just had that field goal late in the game, but nothing else earlier. So really, really good for the Irish, you know, really, really positive way to start the game and just no frantic, no panic, you know, just, uh, and, and I have to give the toast tonight. We'll do it right now. The toast goes to every single coach on the Notre Dame staff. That team looked locked, loaded, ready to go like a well-oiled machine in week one on the road amid all the, the distractions that are out there, you know, the hype, you know, the da-da-da-da, and then, the, you know, we're in Ireland, and, you know, there's there's danger of too much Guinness or whatever. Um, or maybe it's the fact that last week on the show we had actual Irish whiskey. We'll find out if we suck dog balls uh, versus Tennessee State, but hopefully not, so. <laughs> A couple of my my takeaways from the game. I got home from work, had it recorded, and watched the whole thing beginning to end. Number one, hashtag RTDB, alive and well. And I think that worked its way in. When you see the run game that they clearly were committed to, the first two drives, it definitely opened it up, and that 100%, I mean, pounding them. Both running backs, I think Price and Estime, were averaging more than six yards a carry, if I remember correct. And that uh, right there was verify just... that. Estime was 5.9, real close. Uh, Price is 6.3. The best, actually, was Jeremiah Love. Four carries for 40 yards, averaging 10 a carry. Nice. But, but he had a long of that... 21, that's why that commitment to the run is absolutely what opened up the passing game. It stretched the field. I mean, just being able to, whether they were successful or not, you know, the bomb to um, down the field to Merriweather, you know, that stretches the field. Now it's a threat. Now you have to game plan for it. I think you mean that great 100%. House. So no, it was a, a pass that, Merriweather like didn't, unless the box score is lying him. No, Merriweather didn't get a single uh, catch. No, it was it was a drop. It was not a. It, the fact that he didn't wait a pass or yeah, it was a pass. But it it stretched the field and it showed that that downfield threat, which was great to see. So it was number one running the ball. Number two, the play calling was beautiful from an offensive coordinator standpoint. I loved it. I love the yes. packages. I love the groupings. I love the personnel. Well, I love there, the there wasn't up. any there wasn't anything that was just like off the wall, like what the fuck are you doing or why the fuck are you doing this? You know, back to five foot nothing's bingo card, you know, metaphor, which I'm actually appreciating more and more this season, I think, or at least after the one game. But like Parker, like it, it I loved I love Mike at Five Foot Nothing's pods last show because he and he's on tonight. He can. Oh, we'll let you jump on and, and comment on this. I love the metaphor you use. This is like you went out to a nice meal with family, friends, whatever. It was a nice meal. You put your order in. Like there was nothing eventful. Nothing bad happened. And like so, therefore, you don't have really anything negative to say because it went exactly the way it's supposed to. We're playing Navy. We have superior talent. We basically know what they're gonna do, despite the fact they have a new coach, right? And you know inferior talent and some of these other things are going to run triple option right but we have superior players we have a better quarterback we have a better coach and yeah we should kick the piss out of them and we did and i don't feel bad about that 
no. And, and I loved just the normalcy of it. It seemed like a regular game at South Bend. You know, it seemed like, you well, know, maybe were, not South Bend because these people were probably maybe standing in the stands, but <laughs> yeah, 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 probably. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, it'd be interesting. I mean, clearly there'll be a quote unquote let down a little bit going into the next game, but you know, I, I also think that, like not and not to be unkind or unfair to our fans like because I, I do think for the big games like Clemson last year you know or even USC two years ago um, it's my hope that in Ohio State this year and USC this year you know the big games at home that really matter you know there's a lot of you know eyeballs watching the game whatever however you want to describe it that for the big games and I think Adam Dowling has made this point the big games, the fans show up, the fans are engaged or yelling, it's loud, you know, all that stuff. You know, when it is a lower level team, you know, someone that's not as sexy, right? Sure, okay, people are maybe a little bit more rocked to sleep and a little less engaged. Now, in my opinion, that's silly. Um, but I, I look, I've, I've seen USC live twice in Notre Dame Stadium, and I've seen a bunch of other lesser, crappier teams that I could care less about um and and i've i've experienced this just personally like like you know i hate usc and i want to yell and scream and you know the same goes when i watched michigan michigan state boston college you know Pitt. i actually hate Pitt, um but that's a whole other topic um (laughs) no well and and nothing against my brother-in-law even though he has two degrees from the place but it's like uh, and you know respect Pitt's not a bad school um but it's just they just give me anxiety with Notre Dame, though, like I, I, I think we're we're gonna we're gonna come off the you know the the mountain high, you know we saw this last year, you know we had their big Shamrock Series game versus BYU. We come back, we we shit the bed against Stanford, which was terrible. And do I do I think that's gonna happen? Absolutely not. But the um, you know, so there'll be quote unquote a little letdown, but I I don't think it's gonna be as bad because i think the way this team looked like like go back to the byu game there there were all sorts of like little nitpicky things uh you know it's like we 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 had the ball for so long like 40 minutes of the game and that's all the the points we put up i mean contrast that with this game i mean shit navy navy held the ball for for most of the game 33 minutes and we put up 42 points you know like i don't i don't really pay attention to time of possession anymore because you know it's not important to national champions but i'm very curious to like like what's your you know minutes per point you know ratio if i really wanted to get you know psycho with the spreadsheets here you know uh, again i (laughs) i i don't think that's a legit stat but i don't know i mean i'm curious what other people think you know i mean yes the game was awesome Uh, i don't think anyone's gonna disagree with that but maybe kind of the what sort of momentum do we have, Red Snapper? Maybe we'll ask this to Five Foot Nothing Pod or Coach Barsegian or, or Jimmy Gallagher, who's jumped on. Or maybe it's Mrs. Gallagher. Why, why don't we make it the question for? Let's make it the question for everyone to answer. All right. One question, everyone answers. Let's do so. it. Round the horn. Someone jump on. Unmute yourself. Let's go, Jimmy. Uh, well, J- Jimmy's at a cheerleading event, so he will not oh, be. He's incognito. He'll have to like yeah. text it to you, and then you can like transcript him. <laughs> Jimmy, send a text in. quick. Go. <laughs> we'll see if he gets to me. I'm sure he will. That's gonna be funny. I'm sure he will. 
it, it's hard for me. Jimmy, don't send the text or, or whatever to me because it's really hard for me to uh, to read comments while hosting. And, and, the, motor, and the motivation I think we have is just assignment football. Everyone read your keys. Everyone, you know, what is the momentum? Take the good. And if I'm breaking down the film, kind of getting into my coach's head, I'm I'm going to look at who hit their assignments and who missed their assignments and address them at practice this week. This week is going to be kind of remediation for those who missed their assignments and their keys, whether it was blocks, whether it was, you know, an option route for the receiver or whatever, but those who stuck to their assignments, those who missed their assignments, anybody loafing on the backside of the route, you know, whatever. Those are the things I'm going to be looking for. Well, and it's interesting you mentioned that because I didn't even notice this in the game and maybe it's a function of just, you know, overall just, ah, you know, excitement watching the game or, you know, one too many, you know, Guinness or what have you is um, apparently after Estime fumbled the ball when he had that big breakout run and the ball ended up fumbling and going out of bounds, apparently he was benched the rest of the quarter, the rest of the half. Did you guys pick up on that? I, I heard that in a press conference and and uh, through social media. I, I noticed he wasn't out there, um, but not enough to even address it when I recapped the game, um, even knowing after the fact that, Freeman came out and said, yes, he was benched for the fumbling. He's not above the standard, et cetera, et cetera. Man. But yeah, in the moment. To hear that really made me so oh. fucking happy to be like, this guy is amazing. You know, he is is going to do great. He had 95 yards, one touchdown, right? Hashtag RTDB. We love him. And to hear him go up to his starting running back and say, you're going to, you know, sit on the bench for a minute because you can't be doing that. It, yes, it, it is uh, the proper response and the proper oh handling. However, it's a lot easier to do so when Jeremiah Love and Jadarian, the Price is Right, is doing what he's doing. Yes. No, absolutely. Like it, It's a little bit easier, but that's also why we didn't really notice or voice or be like, hey, wait a second, because – yeah, why is no, estimate no. not in? Yeah. Well, with a five-headed monster in our backfield, we don't have to worry about how much. How many? How many drinks do I have to do for that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. I did yeah, hear them exactly. say a uh, uh, three-headed monster on the broadcast. I do remember that. Uh, he also said four-headed, and then oh, apparently we have a five-headed Who's, monster. What? Who are these other people he's talking about? It I guess was, it, Tyree. I don't know. Ford, no, I suppose. No, he, we had all five running backs play at some point. Love, Payne, Price, Ford, Tyree, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I don't he's technically a sovereign receiver. Estime, Price, Payne, Love, and Ford. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We, we had all five in. For some reason, I was I still had Estime on the bench, apparently, in my brain. Okay. Uh, Ford, Ford's <laughs> the only one that didn't get there. But uh, I heard on the uh, irish illustrated they they do more in depth like uh, little performance things but ford apparently was one of the better pass blockers from the running back position on saturday hold on hold on a sec what are you saying five at nothing pot i'm not putting enough statistics into this show what are you saying no 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 like uh, <laughs> uh, no, dude. but no i that i listen to that. you're listening to some other podcast what yeah, it's so, show prep. Stuff, it's show prep. Some, some know thine enemy. No, I'm just kidding. I, I wish I, uh, like 
have a microphone and kind of argue with them like what are you talking about but Dude, there is they stuff- don't have the th- these guys don't have the courage to to argue with with us i mean we're we're true fans we have nothing to lose right these guys do not have the courage it, like if like sorry i have to go on this rant and look i respect any of these guys that do this as a career okay that's your job right you're putting food on the table you're paying your mortgage whatever what the fuck you're doing like it's cool all right I don't care. My my concern is that if I have a disagreement with you and this is social media, which is where you're getting, you know, your super chats from. So, you know, mm, um, I, I, I'm, I always say that because I'm jealous. But the, the whole point is like, look, it, I'm not saying I want to debate anybody. Right. You know, it, it's not good for the family. We're all Notre Dame fans. Right. And, and these guys do it as a career, you know, so their focus is a little more different. They have press credential credentials that we don't have you know i don't think um you know i can walk into the goog go to a press conference from from uh with marcus freeman or whatever and they'll be hearing this because i'll be carrying a scotch around the whole time like i'm <laughs> fucking julian in trailer park boys right although he drinks rum and coke but the point i'm making is like ron white I am Scott. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All I need is a cigar and, you know, you know, tater salad or whatever. The the whole point (laughs) is, is this I'm fan scotch and spreadsheets, right? That's my thing. These guys do these professionally. Now, my problem is when someone challenges them or brings up a differing opinion, first off, number one, they would never have you or me on their show as guests, number two. Now, if if Irish Illustrated, uh, One Foot Down, Irish Breakdown, any of these other guys ever want me to come on the show, I'll probably say yes, no problem. You know, I don't dislike them, you know, but they're not going to do that right because i may fly off the handle or you know whatever you know they 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 think they're they're good on their own that's fine you know but but look i promote five foot nothing pod we've promoted other people you know um we've invited other people and some other people just hasn't haven't decided to come on and you know that's fine jesus loves them too um but it's like we are fans we don't have to worry about our press credentials being, you know, if like when I said that Brian Kelly is being a fucking dick and being stupid, you know, I did that sober. I didn't do that under the influence. OK, and and I, I proved it up with math on, on the back side of that. Now, I kind of walked it back because towards the end of his time at Notre Dame, it actually was pretty good. Um, but I'll tell you what, like I laced into him when when it was necessary. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to one of the early episodes, specifically episode five that I ever did. That's that's the real the real meat and potatoes there. It's a good rant. <laughs> it's it, a good rant. <laughs> there are multiple rants. I think the best rant was the one where people were like, oh, Brian Kelly is the the greatest winningest coach in all of history and i was like are you guys out of your fucking mind like sure i guess if i was there for 30 years i'd i'd also have a lot of wins too but it was like and and the the real the real key piece here and this is you know anyone can do their own research here but he didn't even have the same win percentage that dan devine had dan devine at least had a title dan devine i think had won two new year's six wins that kelly didn't even get close to so, so that, that was kind of like the real, the real piece there. And I was, I was, I was, I was quite frankly offended by, by people saying that. And it's just like, yes, he has more wins. Like, that's fine. Like, like, but let's not blow it out of proportion. 
that being said, and these were we these were the professional media people. Um, you know, these guys, you know, they're doing their thing and that's fine. And I know it feels like I'm dumping on them, you know, but I'm really not, you know, it's just more like they have their, their Avenue and that's fine. Um, and I have mine, but here's the thing. Both of us are linked on ndnation.com. So, you know, <laughs> now you may have to dig through me, uh, tomorrow morning. If you're on ND nation, you'll find, you'll see me. I'm I'll be on there, you know, hopefully, I don't know. Wow, I started going on a rant, and we got, like, four other people that jumped on. Dope. My bad. <laughs> I didn't mean to say No, this is, this is how this, this, no, hey, this, this is what No, this is what makes this show great. Yeah. This is what happens. The rant from the raves, because that's what every <laughs> fan feels. We all have that sign that says, no, nothing is happening. No one is being assaulted. I'm just a Notre Dame fan sitting out in the front of our yard. Oh my gosh. That's all of us because we're all screaming at the TV. So Or some people are going know. to weddings, you know, over over the weekend instead of watching Notre Dame. I don't know. Now if you got married, that's a different story, right? Kev, respect, you know, congratulations to Kev, you know. Second Twitter shout out, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, but the only thing I was what I was like getting at it everything you said, Joe, is accurate. Uh, the access that those guys get just allows there's a, a few pieces of information that we wouldn't otherwise have. But uh, when it when it comes to facts, I, I like those guys for that. When it comes to opinion, I feel like it gets very skewed. Like you said, oh, Brian Kelly's the winningest coach, but except that he won nothing that matters. So, I mean, if what? I if I had the same like it, it's it's a math problem, right? It's a time thing, right? Like if I had as much time, quote unquote, to devote to this podcast or looking at the data in the spreadsheets quite frankly no disrespect to you guys but i probably in the fucking sports book of the local casino here <laughs> I, I i i desperately mean that because and not to go too much on a rant here but like i would i through my knowledge of what i kind of throw out at you guys and applied it to my uh what was it? We had a bull pick them at the end of the year. So at the beginning of the year, everything's a little, you know, foggy. But at the end of the year, the stats kind of start, you know, making their way out. And you start learning some things about and some trends, right, about how teams win games. And all, I was very neutral. I was very unbiased. And whatever the math and the data came out with the algorithm is what happened. And over 60% of all my picks were right. And I'll tell you what, you go into any casino and you have 60% odds on any game, you go all in. Just saying. Just saying. Because you have the advantage over the house there. Now, I don't do that. Um, I have a, a different career. It is a little math-based. Um, but And that's fine. I actually love my job. I'm not here to complain. Let's move on. I feel like I'm just I was going to steer back to the motivation going into this week. Let's get back to that. Yeah. After Notre Dame's large win, because it is a large win, you know, 39 points, um, I want to hear from Five at Nothing Pod and uh, Coach Barsegian. And let's jump through everybody. I see Brandon Fry. I see uh, ND Fanatics, Jason Lynch. By all means, let's go real quick through everybody here. Your reaction, what's the big takeaway from the Navy game? The the motivation to answer the motivation question. The motivation going to this weekend is uh, it's just clean football. Like we just, um, I don't think it it should be 
anything. This is a very much do your job and you'll win by 40 type of game, right? And just don't, mm-hmm. don't try to, Try to get cute. Don't yeah, try to get just like I was saying, assignment football. Yeah, exactly. And uh, as far as Navy, something else I had heard, uh, you know, I saw on Twitter um, and heard on a podcast that uh, Hartman should have been pulled sooner. You got to pull Hartman sooner. You got to get in jelly reps. Got to get in jelly reps. Um, timeout. That was Hartman's first game ever in a Notre Dame uniform. Mm-hmm. Maybe, let's let, maybe let's let him play a little bit longer because – it's not like he's a fourth-year guy who's been in the program. And all right, let's. You still got to get Harmon comfortable with the receivers, with the offense, yes. with all. Like, what are we talking about? We're going it. on a Heisman march, baby. You you want to pump those stats, and we start game one with a good foundation. All right. Well, and 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 you know, I mean, look, he he he's responsible for you know eighteen, nineteen receptions um by his for his receivers okay you know how many passes has he thrown to you know i mean you know great house and you know he and you know he's only been there one year and flores right but like you know Jaden thomas colsey tyree estimate you know these guys have been in the, the program a few years right you know and none of them had more than uh than four thomas actually had the most with with four catches okay So I'm I'm hearing what Five and Nothing Pod's saying. It's like, oh, he spread the ball very equally throughout his receivers. Correct, and 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 it's also like it shows uniform distribution, but it also shows like like just just yes, he's he does practice, right? You know, but we're not talking about practice. We're talking about game experience and game game things. So you, Five and Nothing and Pod. And what that speaks to me is he's reading his progressions. He's finding the open guy based on what the defense is giving him. To get through his progressions, one of the biggest things that we have lacked as a quarterback skill for the past couple of seasons is reading your progressions and reading the defense. And that, to me, was literally jumping off the screen last weekend. Here's one thing I want to say. I want to throw it back to five and nothing pot and get on with the question. Um, But you you teed me up here. You're talking about going through progressions. Hartman, you know, was 19 of 23. Okay, so four incomplete passes. How many of those were quote unquote thrown out of bounds? Furthermore, furthermore, okay, how many rushing yards or even rushing attempts did he have? Zero. Zero. That is the the contrast with Hartman versus any other quarterback we have had since probably the departure of Jimmy Clausen. I will go back that far. There were two plays that stood out to me that so different he is. The one was the second touchdown to Great House mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I said on my film, like, you, you're you not convincing me otherwise. 100% Book and Buckner are running that football I for agree. as far as I thought that I saw that and I was like, oh, he's going to eat. We're going to see him scramble, run out of bounds. And and all of a sudden he chucks it right as he gets to, you know, the, you know, the line of scrimmage. And I'm like, holy fuck. He just threw a touchdown instead. Yeah, because when he got to the top of his drop back, there was a Navy defender kind of coming right at him. So he had to step up. Yes. And that's he that's fine. But the fact that he kept looking for that receiver was huge. And then the other play which I reference also 
you might remember, he did a full pump fake. I mean, the whole throwing motion all the oh, way. Oh, held the ball. I was impressed by that. But <laughs> I was impressed by that too. But I was more impressed not like it, it gets all the same. But like he literally mid-throw was like, uh-oh, that's not going to work. I can't throw that football. And it ended up being an incomplete pass. But he likely saved a potential interception. I don't know. I don't know what he saw. But the ability mid-throw to – react and go that's not going to work that those two plays exemplify everything that our quarterbacks have not been in the last time yeah Yeah. Uh, agreed 100 so you're saying that he's going to bring that composure clearly into this game versus tennessee state and um you know we can we can take that goodness of um just being calm not yeah I, i mean he was under duress right he was moving in the pocket away from pressure Okay, but he, he wasn't frantic. It was like, okay, I'm being no. pressured. I'm supposed to go over here, and I'll still fa- find my guys. The 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 first touchdown to Greathouse and the pass, I believe it was the play right before. It might have been two plays before to Colsey. Hartman was getting pressured. In fact, the touchdown to Greathouse, he got hit low. If he's Tom Brady, that's a penalty, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> he didn't flinch. He stood in the pocket and threw the ball. The other thing he targeted 10 people. The only one that didn't catch a ball was Merriweather. <clears throat> but, and people want to talk about that, but look at yeah. Hartman. Literally, Hartman is literally going, you better be ready to catch this football. Cause I'm throwing to you. If you're open, I don't care who you are. And you're not, I don't have a number one. I have the, whoever's open is number one. Yes. So Merriweather's. And that's get- honestly a great strength with this receiving yeah. core is there isn't a solid standout number one veteran guy. I mean, we have, some veteran guys, but their 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 age, their tenure is nothing. And so, if Greathouse is wide open, guess what? He's getting the damn ball. Yeah, the reality is we have a bunch of number twos. That's that's, that's the reality. Like if yeah. if I these guys, um, you know, and uh, this season will determine who yes. is the number one. Yes. Oh, I heard Jimmy. Oh, I heard him too. Hey guys, I, I snuck off to the restroom here during the cheerleading event. I've been listening <laughs> the whole time. Um, I've been texting Paul, can probably bugging the crap out of him. But uh, I just wanted to jump in here and, and say, absolutely right. I think we had. I think the depth chart's going to figure itself out next week. But I love seeing Jared Parker. Just he hates bingo, right? He spread the ball around. We ran the ball, moved the ball. We're going to see less targets as the season progresses. I don't know about but you, Jimmy, but I, in addition to you being alone at the restroom there, other than bringing the show with you, which I guess will take an exception to the quote-unquote one rule we have tonight, um, the one formation he had, the running formation, where we were on the one and estimate ended up punching it in for a touchdown, that formation was so powerful. and like Like, I need some alone time looking at that, oh, that formation the i mean pillow talk formation right <laughs> that's what i'm talking about it was that's, so that's beautiful i'm about. like yes he finally fucking gets it hartman's under fucking center and it wasn't just like oh we're on the one we'll go under center like hartman was under center more than once in the middle oh, of the field mid 50 yard line middle of the dang field i'm like what is this like what is this 1992 football this is fantastic <laughs> hartman's experience showed and just and, and shine throughout that game. And I'm happy to have him. But I think that he'll be right there at the Heisman race at the end of the year. 
But I think he's just so composed. We won't see a lot of worry. And we're going to see a lot of backup reps. And I hope that we do because we know that this is a rental for one year. Jimmy, I got a question. Are you planning to grow out your beard like uh, Sam Hartman as well? Like I am trying, but he just, I feel like he's got the whole Notre Dame faithful behind him. And I just don't mind getting gray. You got the whole fighting Irish faithful podcast behind you, man. We talked about Hartman's got to be what? 30 by now. (laughs) (laughs) He's like the Van Van Wilder of uh, college quarterbacks, right? No, his is definitely better. I just wanted to sneak in here for a few minutes and touch base with you guys, but I'm going to let you guys continue on so I can sneak back into the cheerleading event. All right. Well, you're being hey. a good, good dad. Re- Way really to go, appreciate dad. You. That's right. Way to go, dad. At JL Gallagher three on the Twitter. Everyone throw this man a follow. Good, good dad. Good husband. Uh, his wife steals his clothes every now and then. Although, although <laughs> it's a fighting Irish faithful shirt, which is, which is so tight, but the, uh, <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> uh, man. Um, but yeah, no, I I think Jimmy Jimmy's onto something. You know the 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 composure of Hartman. You know the it, it just made sense what we saw on offense versus Navy. And yes, quote unquote, it's Navy, right? You know, like when we get to NC State, I think that'll be a little more interesting. Um, but I mean, I, I also think of it like look other other teams that quote unquote go far in their season or do well or whatever. Um, you know, we we don't have to have murderers row, right? We already have a, a pretty decent schedule. Okay, if we start out with the first three, four, or five, whatever, however many games it is before the Ohio State game, before it gets quote unquote really serious, um, I, I think that's okay. Um, you know, it allows you know our team to kind of kind of work up to things, allows us to you know just kind of feel things out, get to know each other, perfect our craft. And then we start, you know, going in and we play a good team. We have a little more confidence. We're a little more familiar with the playbook or, or our reads. And just, you know, I, I think it just solidifies the team. Um, and, and, you know, time will tell whether that this the way the schedule is worked out this year is. And, and I mean, let's face it. These schedules are worked out years in advance. Right. So. You know, it's it. We didn't know we would have Sam Hartman, you know, three years ago, probably whenever the schedule was put together. Right. So I think that's a fortunate thing for this team. This halfway decent, you know, um, and, and very young uh, receiving core um, that that we have. And then it's so great that we have I mean, it, any one of these guys can be a breakout, you know. From from Colsey to, to Great House to Thomas, I'd love to see different breakouts in different games because okay, you're going to be watching film. You're going to try to key in on somebody. You know, you're going to bracket Great House every once in a while. You know, and then it's going to leave Colsey open. It's going to leave Thomas open. Yep. Hopefully, you know, Merriweather catches a ball. You know, those kinds of things. I think it's it's going to become if you know. If we're going to have a five-headed monster in the backfield, we might oh, as well have drink, a five-headed drink. monster, you know. No, I don't think you're wrong at all, Red Snapper. All right, let's jump over to uh, Coach Barcija. And Coach, uh, what is one of your um, uh, takeaways What do you think the motivation game? should be going into this week? 
Well, this I think this week will be a heck of a lot more of the same that we saw this past Saturday. It's an FCS school. Um, and it's an FCS school that is not North North Dakota State. So <laughs> right. it's it's gonna be a cakewalk. It's not gonna be Marshall. It's gonna be a cakewalk. Um but and I hate it. I wish they wouldn't play this stupid game, but I'm not in charge of the schedule. So yeah. Yeah, I, I have we'll I have a comment about but kind of the kind of the macro view of of this game later in the show. Um but 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 I, I think coach your 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 concern or or distaste what have you is is like okay, this is kind of the last feather we had in the hat. You know, at one point it was no jumbotron and no turf. You know, and and we had natural grass and you know paper tickets still, right? And, and no I'm not, logo in the center of the field. Yeah, and I'm not, and I'm not saying like like these are old fashioned ideas. You know, it's just kind of like like at the end of the day, it's like I just want our team to win and be <coughs> successful and win big bowl games and win a title again. You know, like and some of these mm-hmm. other things that I think we hold close to our chest. You know, I I will never tell another fan what to think or what to value. What I value is comparing Notre Dame to national champions, which unfortunately over the last many years has been very unkind to ourselves. Now, that being said, I also will take a perspective look at what other national champions are doing and say, hmm, all right, I guess, you know, I guess they all have Nike, which I guess we screwed the pooch on that one, but... <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, but that aside, um, you know, some of these other things do happen, you know, and including the FCF school thing. Um, now does that justify it? Does that make it okay? Um, yes, maybe no, I don't know. Does it make it wrong, evil? I, I don't know either. You know, my whole thing is coach, you have an opinion about that. You don't like it and that's okay. That's perfectly fine. You guys mind if I jump in for one second again? Okay. Go for it. Sorry, I snuck away again. I was listening to this part and what are you getting nachos at the snack? Do they have a snack bar at the cheerleading event? No, but they have an exit door on the left side of the stadium. <laughs> uh, well, I'm just glad you brought the ba- I, you brought the I podcast. Just, to the back I was room. listening and <laughs> I wanted to respond to what what Coach was saying there. I posted something yesterday and I had. I was of the same belief. I I didn't like the FCS decision. I didn't like the opponent. And a lot of my decision-making on that was due to a lack of research. And then I, I got told <laughs> a lot yesterday about the opponent, about why we're doing it. And then someone finally said something like, well, would you rather go play, you know, Marshall again? New Mexico State? And, oh. outcome and not get the same, you know. It's the same thing, but I was corrected. I had the same outlook, but I don't now. It's It was something we held close to our chest. It was something that we were able to save for a long time. But the reason we're doing it is it, it made me switch my opinion. And that's all I wanted to say was sometimes I can – I say stuff, but I'm pretty big on admitting when I think I was wrong. And Ooh don't really think that i had the right opinion the first time so that's all i wanted to say fair enough 
Fair enough. I mean, I mean, look, uh, look, all, I will say this. All opinions are welcome. Now, if they're not factually based, like I felt a little bad. I, I listened uh, in the off season. I tend to listen to old, older shows I do. And it's uh, a lot of it's self critiquing. Um, but at the same time, like, like there was one episode where someone had some comment about quote unquote, some strategy versus, versus the USC game last year. And I, I clearly disagreed and, I had had a few at this point, and so I, I kind of railroaded him and told him he was a idiot, but not in so many words. But but I, it, look, I don't say that on the show because I think everyone's entitled to their opinion. Um, you know, now if you're, you know, arguing with math, then I then I may say you're an idiot. But <laughs> Jimmy's clearly not doing that, you know. And and some of these other things about FCS schools or even historical black colleges or however you want to go about it, you know, like. You know, it, it, it's one of those things where it's like, like, do we like, let me put it another way. And, and my, my co-host will appreciate what I'm about to say. If any of you do not know the high school team or the high school De La Salle in Concord, California. Yeah, they went on some high school. They went on some crazy. I don't know how many like 11 year win streak where they didn't lose a game and they started like scheduling bigger games and games out of state and all these other things and eventually it just became like like the dam finally just needs to break and it's like okay we finally lost a football game and there was almost like i don't want to say a sense of relief but there was a sense of Okay, it's finally happened. We can finally move on with our life and still be a good football team. Some of these other things like with Notre Dame about like, oh, we're not going to do this or we're going to, you know, finally play an FCF school or whatever. Some of this stuff, it's like, I'm not saying it's inevitable and it's going to happen and we need to, quote, give in because maybe some things we shouldn't, you know, as an independent team or, you know, however you want to describe that, Again, you know, I I think we should join a conference, but that's a whole other conversation altogether. And my reasons not because I hate independence is because of where college football is today and where the playoff situation is next year. Um, the FCS thing is just like, you know, it's just putting in perspective and where are we going and do we really lose or gain much either way? And that's kind of how I weigh it out. But back to Coach Barsegian. Well, since you're open to any and all opinions. I am open to most opinions. Wait, hold on. I got my beverage. Go. (laughs) As far as the HBCU thing, I could care less. That's not an issue to me. I do not care about the race or historical race of a certain college white, black, yellow, don't care. Yep. But to play a school, regardless whether it's FBS, FCS, Division Two, Division Three, NJIACC, whatever it is, solely based on the race of that college, that seems kind of racist to me. Just, yeah, and I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily what Notre Dame is getting at, or it's if that's not, a, it's but, not. And I don't, I don't think, think it, it is. is. And 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 I'm not saying that's what you're saying. And and is it a response to Kurt, quote unquote 
current events, quote unquote, over the last couple of years? I don't know. And and to me, that's irrelevant. Wouldn't shock me. Well, it, it, I agree. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. Right. But but my my whole point is like, look, if you're if you're going to do it like like I've said this about if us you're going to play Navy. an FCS school, play North Dakota State, play South Dakota. Right. Play somebody worth a crap. Play Boise not State. Tennessee's yeah, somebody, somebody <laughs> that has Mountain a name, West, but... somebody that has been been very relevant within the last ten years. If you're if you can't go relevant in the yeah. last five, give and me I, somebody. I think, I think the reason why there's been this trend, especially look at the SEC, the ACC, their filler games are FBS. I think part of that is getting the exposure to these schools, so that they do build their programs and they do yeah. improve and they do get better. I, I 100% see that iron sharpens iron and these other schools do need a sharper knife to, to sharpen themselves against. And yeah. if, if it takes years of, you know, playing sec teams and Notre Dame's now involved in it and they, you know, have to pick up their, their face and their behinds from the field at the end of the game so be it, but they're going to learn the level of, you know, talent, the level of play, the the speed of the game. They're going to learn the next level they have to get to so that they can be of some relevance. So you can't just expect them to, you know, one day wake up and have it. They've got yeah. it's got to come because and I, I this is where I actually do applaud it is it, it definitely does, regardless of why the end goal is so they get the exposure. They get to see what that next level is and they get to that next level I mean, themselves. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I never had heard of Tennessee state until it was scheduled a year or two ago. Right. And I was just like, the oh, only shit. thing, the only thing I've ever seen of Tennessee state in the past was the music city bowl of 2014. Sure. Sure. I, I will I, say I this to say Tennessee state uses that, same stadium yeah i um, think because i know their logo was all over the locker room what, what i will say is this the um and, and I, i'm happy red snapper brought that up about quote-unquote bringing up and bringing into the forefront other programs the only other avenue of like major media slash college sports that does this is in basketball and like look and and I hold this very close to the 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 chest here. And anyone knows what I'm about to say, I'm pretty sure Red Snapper knows where I'm going to go with this. Um, I went to Gonzaga University. Um, I met my wife there. Um, I'm very proud to be a Zag. Um, no one ever heard of GU until their major win in, over Florida and their run in 1998. Now, granted, we still haven't won a title, right? So, okay, fine. But GU, ever since then, has been in the title in the tournament and, and made consistent, you know, opportunities for a title year after year after year being in the West Coast Conference. Can, can anyone, not Red Snapper, name another team in the West coast conference. Okay. That's another, uh, you don't have to answer. I'm just saying the, the point is when you go to a big stage and you, you play other teams now, Grant, you have to win to really like make a name for yourself. Right. And the other team that's done, this is Butler. Okay. We're back to back. They went to the title game. 
okay? People know who Butler is now, all right? Well, I mean, I live in Indiana and Indianapolis, greater proper, right? So so my point is, is those are two examples. Now, Grant, that's basketball, and there's a college football podcast. But my point is, when you get to that level and you get to some, you know, exposure, you know, with other big teams and, you know, and by no means am I saying that I want Tennessee State to be successful. Absolutely not. You know, I want us to crush them by, you know, 38 points minimum. Okay. Because that's what national champions do against uh, lower level teams. My whole thing is, look, if, if we're going to play an FCS team, like, okay, fine. Like, like big deal. This happens every year. You know, and, and and is there really that much of a difference if we play a quote FCS team versus a non power five team? Is there really a big difference for Notre Dame, who has a talent ranking 24/7 sports composite average over the last four years? Okay, being far superior to their opponent and being 11.5. Okay, I had to actually look up. I went and actually did this because there's very, very little stats I can look up for Tennessee State. Right, Grant, they haven't played a game this year, but the 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 source I usually go to, Tennessee State's not listed, so I can't look up their you know how were they in total defense you know last year and so, like no fuck that like I can't do that. But I can look up that their four year recruiting average over the last four years is ranked 173rd. Not good. Notre Dame's 11.5. Like, we thought Navy was bad, right? This is 173.3. Okay? So, so now, back to Coach Parsegian and his comments about maybe he, why he doesn't, quote, like it. It may be because it makes garbage football. It's not entertaining. It's not competitive. Um, we're buying a win. You know, it, it feels more like charity. Uh, however you want to describe it. Okay, it's not interesting football, which is why we also criticize Michigan, Alabama, and some of these other teams that play, <clears throat> you know, you know, Bethane Cookman and Furman and Citadel, right? Um, but shit, we played Navy last week. All right, we don't have to play them. We do from historical and because, you know, when in doubt tradition at Notre Dame, that's fine. But, you know, we've played Bowling Green. We're, we're playing. Who are we playing next week? I mean, we. Well, I, I guess we got NC State and what? Western Michigan, Central Michigan. Like, it's bad. I don't even know who we're playing <laughs> coming down the pipe here, right? Um, that are not ACC schools. What I like. I like the response, the responsibility it puts on the coaching staff that it is. And that's why it's my motivation for the week for the team is assignment football. The game of football doesn't change. So this is the game where you refine your ability to read your keys. This is the game where, you know, each position should be given a grade from their position coach on how well they, they meet their assignments period for every series for every down that is the goal for this week because that and honestly i'm going to say it from experience we've played some trash high schools on our way before we played concord de la salle after we played concord de la salle after we lost to de la salle we didn't lose another game and the reason is because we did play teams after them that 
we're trash talent, but it got us back to the basics of reading our keys and knowing our assignments and that regrouping is where we galvanized knowing this is my job. And you know, as much as I can't stand the Patriots in the NFL, the mantra of do your job comes from assignment football. And that's where this week is going to be pivotal. And so the emphasis needs to be on, forget the talent, forget the score. Yes, we expect the win and we expect the win big, but for us, it's aim small, miss small, make your assignments will win big. So the grading is going to be on your assignments. Are you making the right calls if you're an offensive line and they shift? Are are you getting into the right coverages as a defense? Are you stunting correctly? Correct timing? All of those things that we need to do. Those are the the things that this week is going to be pivotal if we want to make a run, if we're going to be ready for Ohio State and three weeks red snapper are you saying this is kind of more like an ego check thing like like okay everyone knows logically and and in the back of their mind that we are quote a better team than tennessee state but is this an ego check thing where it's like you're not here to flaunt your ego and to just puff out your chest and be like oh we're notre dame we're hot shit and we've got great talent and you're quite frankly do not have good talent um is this more of like an ego check thing where it's just like this is where the coaches just need to, you know, hold their players accountable to the Notre Dame standard? To the Notre Dame standard, but just playing football in general. I mean, you think of just the basics of football. The perfect offensive play should score every is time. A run? Oh. <laughs> the perfect the perfect defensive play is a tackle I was like, for a loss I was like, or a sack. Where are we going at this? Like like 24 blast like where, where are we going <laughs> but the the point is is that if everybody five minute break we'll be right back <laughs> then we should be blowing them out we should be able to run a counter run with estimate that breaks for 40 yards we should be able to you know play action pass backside post yeah for a touchdown those are the things that are going to happen as long as everyone is reading their keys, making their assignments, and doing them correctly. I'm this curious, is a. I'm curious what our yards per step. point will be. Uh, be uh, this game here. I've never looked exactly. historically at what Notre <clears throat> yards per point. Like, what's our best yards per point game? It was definitely under ten, like like nine point something. I know in the Wisconsin game it was really good, but that's not because like. The offense was so great in Wisconsin a couple of years ago is because our defense got stupid, right? <laughs> well, I didn't mean to open an entire can of worms. No, it's okay. I, you know, look, coach, look, this is how the show goes. And, you know, wherever it goes, where it goes. And quite frankly, like a lot of people are thinking about this stuff. They're like, why are we playing Tennessee State? You know, is this just like some PR stunt by Notre Dame? And, you know, we're, we're trying to like appear to be a nice place or, you know, however you want to describe it. Like everyone is thinking this, right? We have the balls on this podcast to actually call it out, right? Look, Notre Dame, we're playing a historical black college, right? We That's great. You know, like, wow, you know, Notre Dame's first FCS game is against an HBC. Wonderful. Like, who cares? Like this happens all the time with other schools, right? You know, I, I never even knew what a historical black college until one of my classmates from high school said that he was going to Howard. I'm like, where the hell is that? And he's like, it's historical black college. And I'm like, huh? And like, like I, I'm like, wait, are, what, what, 
and I had to like do some research and, and that's why I was just quiet and listened. But it's like, okay, like that's happening. Fine. Like whatever. And so then when I met another person later in life and he's like, oh yeah, I went to Morehouse College. I'm like, oh, okay. I know what that is. And then um, it, I, I think I had mentioned this before, uh, probably the beginning of last, no, two years ago. Um, when we opened up against Florida State, does do people know that um, Bobby Bowden coached at Furman for many many years? Right, that's not a historical black historical black college. I'm just saying, like, look, this is not an uncommon thing, and maybe it's just like Notre Dame's finally like their fan base or just okay, we're playing an FCS team. Who cares? That's kind of really where I'm going with this. I don't care. I don't care. I appreciate the can of worms. The can of worms gets the topic that's on all of our mind, just like you said. Get it out there. Who cares? Fine. It's not an issue anymore. We finally did it. Great. Move on. Let's actually go beat a team that fucking matters. Okay. Well. And that's, that's where the coaching staff for this week is pivotal. How good are our coaches? Focusing this team on assignment football. Well, here's part of, other than just tradition aspect, this is the primary part why I don't like it. Appalachian State, 07. Louisiana Monroe, 07. North Dakota State in general. When's the last time they lost to a FBS opponent? Question mark. I have no idea. I don't know. I'd have to look that it, up. It, exactly my point. It, that's why it concerns me. Because Notre Dame has that habit. You think Tulsa in 2010, Marshall last year, Notre Dame has that well, habit. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, uh, co- Coach, can I, can I interrupt real quick? With all due respect, and, and you're not wrong, right? We, we have shit the bed against teams that we should have beaten. We didn't. You know, I was at the Tulsa game, right? Dane Chris was our quarterback. He was totally peeing down a leg. That was the that was the game he got injured and Reese, Reese came in. It was so bad. Okay. I, I was in the stands listening to Tulsa fans shout Golden Hurricane behind me. And um it, it was terrible. Okay. The and then the Marshall game, I was at that game too. So so you're striking chords. So we, we, good show show prep here. Um, and ND Fanatics, I see you raising your hand. We'll get to you real quick. Let me make this point and then we'll throw it over to you. I was at both those games and the difference is, is number one head coach. Well, okay. Not Marcus Freeman. He was there last year, but it was first year. Right. But, <laughs> but, but look at the quarterback, right? You had pine last year slash Buckner, <clears throat> you know, and neither of them are starting at their respective schools that they transferred yes, and to I'm not right saying i'm worried this year no and this i'm not year. saying you are either uh, you know i'm just saying like like you're bringing up a situation which is which is near and dear to our hearts and why why we're so fucking pissed when we lose to a tulsa or a marshall right like anyone who wants to know my opinion about the marshall game shit go back to that <laughs> podcast right you know like like that was the catalyst for me finally watching top gun 2 like let's go that you know the doc threw a, a whole distraction play at me and said hey let's watch top gun 2 because i know you're in some weird psycho space right now because she sees the <laughs> bottle of jameson going down and down and down and she's like 
let's and not that like anything bad is happening with that you before know, you get alcohol poisoning let's watch this yeah you know she she's she's doing her job hey, as, as there's a cost. reason why you love the doc she reads you like a book she's just like she's like i've seen this before this is not good <laughs> let's do something else let's watch <clears throat> top gun we haven't done that yet okay fine so so back to you coach you're like i don't think we're in that even that same continent we're we're our our coach bench he benched estimate he has like he has the balls to basically tell his his starting like like this is what nick saban did to jalen hurts in the national title game he benched his starting quarterback and put Tua Tagovailoa in and then they ended up winning the fucking game Lou Holtz would bench Estime for fumbling the football. Marcus Freeman benched Estime for the quarter, half, whatever it was, because he fumbled the football. Yes, we, now, we, I, we have Hartman now. We don't have Kelly. We don't have Pine. We don't have Dane Christ. Right. Reese! <laughs> we don't have Reese either. <laughs> and, and, oh, and let's go back to that. You know, I, I didn't catch the whole clip. I, I only saw it out of context, but something about like someone made some comment, you know, whatever. And I saw something from, from Marcus Freeman saying like, like, like Tommy Reese isn't on the team or he's not coaching anymore or something to that effect. And I'm probably butchering what he said, but it, uh, look, I think we're at a completely different stratosphere which is more along the lines of what I think real, and I, I will say this, real Notre Dame football fans will embrace. People championship who mentality. We have the championship People who mentality. demand excellence, people who are not like, oh, did Notre Dame play already? Like, I, I just have to, like, hold my breath when I go to Mass and on Sunday, and people are like, oh, did I guess Notre Dame played. I'm like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> like, and I don't say that, you know, to these people like to their face, because that's not right. You know, we're there to worship God, right? But it's just like, and people know I do a podcast, but it's just like, man, you're you you don't you're not plugged in, you're not connected, you you don't think about this stuff daily or weekly, you know, you just oh, you know, you're just making small talk, which is fine it's fine it's polite it's it's nice i'm happy to talk about it you know there's very few things i would love to talk about more than my wife and my child and and the love of god right um, let's get indie fanatics i want to get his reaction yeah let, all right yeah uh guys i'm gonna jump in real quick i gotta head out i got a long drive in the morning but i'll listen to the rest after you post it all right Have sounds good, good. thanks five foot nothing pod yes sir don't drink too many indie beers fanatics, get in there how's it going guys Doing great, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm sure there's yes, like 10 topics you want to great, talk great. about, man. Go for it. Well, I think you, I mean, I'm just going to keep playing on this FCS topic. Georgia opens up the season with Tennessee Martin. Georgia then plays Ball State. Alabama opens up the season with Middle Tennessee. Now, Middle we, Tennessee. We played Ball State and we won we did, by yeah. barely any points, right? Uh, <laughs> Alabama opens up with Middle Tennessee. Now, granted, Middle Tennessee's FBS. They've beaten Maryland, I think, twice in the last 10 years. Ooh. But 
you know, I was gonna say they're not on my list of historical black colleges, are they? No, they're FBS. But the the (laughs) point I'm trying to get at here, like some have already said, is you have to basically get to game speed and practice early on in the season before you start hitting juggernauts. And yeah, we we used to be able to say that we never played an FCS school, but what did we get a trophy for that? What did that do for us? It didn't. Oh, I was thinking of this um, exact that exact response today, and I had didn't say it on yeah. purpose, but but you went there, and I was just like, yeah. "What fucking trophy?" I'm sorry, I'm gonna say the thunder. What fucking trophy? What praise? What distinction does Notre Dame get by not playing an FCS team? Exactly. And at, the end of the, at the end of the day, Notre Dame generally travels more than most of these teams, and that'll change now that Pac-12 schools are in the Midwest and whatever. But Notre Dame, historically, outside of Navy and Air Force, are traveling the most. So you playing an FCS school where you can get game speed, have less wear and tear on your team, you know what? We got to start doing things like this, unfortunately, because we haven't won a national championship in almost 40 years. And that's what Georgia's doing. That's what Alabama's doing. So I'm, say we can't do it, and we're better so, than them. We're not. You you are reading my my brain here. Did you look at my notes here before the show? You know, it's like cheat sheet here, dude. You're a hundred and twenty percent right because I I did this analysis in my first year when we played USF in the year of COVID, and I went back and updated it just for this because I knew this would come up. First off, in 2020, Alabama didn't play an FCF school because, or even a non-Power 5 team because of the COVID year. Now, that's the exception, not the norm. Georgia in 2021, now granted all of these are FCS teams, but they're not Power 5 teams. They're non-Power 5 teams. So to me, whether you're FCS, you know, or you're in the Mountain West, it doesn't matter if you're non-Power 5. Well, I guess the Pac-12 is pretty trash now, but, you know. For argument's sake, we'll we'll keep them as a power five school, um, or they've all just converted over to whoever else. Um, Georgia, twenty twenty one UAB. Georgia, twenty twenty one Charleston Southern. Interesting. Uh, last year, Georgia, Samford, and Kent yep. State. Okay, you got Bethane Cookman. You got Western Carolina, North Texas, Chattanooga, uh, even Fresno State, Mercer. Georgia Southern, Colorado State. My point is, these te- these are teams, all, every school I just mentioned played the national champion within the last, ever since 2010. Okay? And regardless of whether or not it's an FCF school or Ball State, as you pointed out, or even Navy or Service <coughs> Academy, this happens every single year by the national champion and furthermore i'm really glad you brought up the point that it's a home game sure and now does is that exciting for the fans you know to the people like i had the opportunity to go to this game someone i know said hey do you want want my tickets And i said no because i'm already going to two and you know i just i just can't i i I don't feel good about doing that you know three times to my wife this year i'm going to do it just twice um one of them with red snapper but but the point is this was coming and is it hurting Auburn or Florida state or Ohio state, Alabama, Georgia to win a title? No, no, it's not because you have some other good teams on the schedule. Hey, 
wait a minute. Notre Dame's got Ohio State, USC, and fucking Clemson at Clemson this year in the regular season. Exactly. Shit. Shit. So, so I, I think you're, I think you're, you're, you're zeroing in <clears throat> on things. Do we like it? Is it make it exciting football? No. I see Jimmy's microphone clicking in and out, so I'm wondering if he snuck away again. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I can just like picture Coach Barcegian just pacing, also in his kitchen right now. Yeah, and another thing too is I like how Notre Dame more or less gets it out of the way in the beginning of the season. That's what George is doing, and then you just play pretty much all Power Five teams. Yeah. Now player like, ACC teams, to- that's fine. Um, our old buddy Brian Kelly, they play Grambling State the second game of the year, LSU. Then they play Army, who, you know, again, Army's not a terrible team, but mm-hmm. it's compared to Navy. Yeah, and yeah then I think they, so. They play Georgia State their second to last game. I, I believe Georgia State has made the jump to FBS, but Georgia State is, is a small-town program. Sure. They're not a big football, basketball school. Jimmy, get in there. No, I did sneak away there for a minute. So I've heard everything that you guys have said, and I think you're right. The reason I agreed and the reason I went back and did my research was, what is it going to hurt? What's the difference between us playing an HBCU team, an FCS team, or playing Marshall or San Jose State? Or At the end of the year, what's it really going to take? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. We're going to go and beat these guys down. Hopefully. They're going to get a big payday, and it's not going to make a difference at the end of the year. Was it a badge that we like to hold? Yeah, sure. But my my reason for changing my mind was, what's the difference? Everyone else is doing it. Notre Dame can do it because we can get away with it. Like, it's... If we like, go beat, it, it, it's not scoring Notre Dame any points. Like people, people aren't putting Notre Dame on some pedestal of like excellence because, oh well, Notre Dame didn't play an FCS school this year, so clearly we have to rank them higher in the the playoffs. Like that doesn't; those conversations don't happen. Yeah, the but, FCS. I ask myself: Are are <laughs> we're not getting? Are we just using that as a a token of like pride? And we were like, we're well, sure, no sure, and that. But the, but again, that I look. I think like the last five years of college football, like like go back to 2018. Ian Book was still our quarterback, right? It was before COVID. That seems weird, <laughs> not to be negative, but like, like my whole point is like in 2018, we would not be having this conversation. In the last five years, I think things have changed be it NIL, be it the playoff and the new playoff format coming out and some of these other things, right? You know, and, and now the transfer portal and now you got players that can, they don't have to sit out for a year, right? Which is, you know, now Sam Hartman technically under the old rules could have transferred in, right? But some of these other guys, um, you know, who wanted to transfer in and out, like, you know, they'd have to sit for a year, right? That is no longer the case. Um, so the environment of college football is evolving and changing very, very quickly. Um, and so it's either we're going to be on, on you know, you know, shoveling coal into the train here or we're going to be left behind. And and the fact that Notre Dame is 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 not necessarily changing their stripes, but is saying, look, is not playing an FCF school really hurting us? The answer is no. We still play good teams. Um, what really Im- 
matters is winning. And like, like look at Michigan. Michigan's schedule is dog shit trash. Okay. But as long as they beat their Big Ten schedule and they they beat their opponent in quote unquote the game at the end of the year against Ohio State, that gets a lot of eyeballs attracted to them. Now, I want them to lose every single game they play this season because fuck that team. Again, that doesn't happen, right? And and you know, Michigan has done half you know, halfway decent the last few years. Um Going forward for Notre Dame, if they are halfway decent and clearly don't lose to games they shouldn't lose and make out very well or, you know, play above the rim against the quote unquote good and hard teams that everyone knows that Clemson's a hard team. USC's got a got a got a good roster and a, a, a very good coach, um, despite the fact that they can't play defense over at USC and Caleb Williams. Right. Um, you know, and then we got Ohio State, you know, like. Like I feel very, I feel much more confident going forward against these other quote good teams, and then the the cards and the chips will fall where they may with with the with the lower level teams. But you you must impose your will against them. You must beat them out. You must do well. You must score thirty thirty eight points in in excess over these teams. You know, I was gonna say this later, but since we're talking about it, you know, over the ever since twenty ten. You know the Auburn year when they won the title, um, the average score of a non-power five team national champion versus you know the the national champion here, the average score was forty eight to ten. So so I'm coming out and saying, look, if Notre Dame does just the average delta of that, a oh, thirty eight point, you know thirty nine forty point margin, which is basically what we had last week versus Navy. I'm okay with that. That seems on pace statistically with what these other teams have done. If it's in excess of 38 points, I'm happy. Now, am I going to be disappointed? No, I'm going to be happy if we win the game. Do I want it to be a struggle? Of course not. But it is what I it is. Consider is that would be a good problem to have if we miss playoffs because our strength of schedule is the thing us let's well, and like, how often has the committee uh, really compared strength of schedule right it seems a lot of that, circular logic it's what's your record who did you play and how much did you win by yeah they the they, day, they care about like did you did you beat the did you beat good teams that run your schedule and now now that's a little subjective when you define a quote good team but at the same time like just the, win win Create Agreed. the argument for strength. Just win. Right Just now, win. let's get let's have the record to get us to the point where they do actually have to create the problem that is strength of schedule, and that only happens when we stack wins. So let's stack the wins because it's not half a win. It's not okay. We played for a historically black college, and now it's half a win. No, it is a win. Yeah. So. Stack them and let's build the, the the schedule forward and move forward. Going into Ohio State, four and zero is going to have a confidence boost to our step and to our team. And that is that kind of touching back to what you said earlier. It is the championship mindset, and that's what I keep going back to this week. Championship mindset is every snap, reading your key assignment football, 
And that's exactly how this week needs to be played out. I I agree. I agree. Well, we, we man, th- this podcast went <clears throat> a completely different direction than what I thought it was. Um, I see Jason well, Lynch here if he wants to jump on, but coach, we'll let you jump on. We've got a couple other people who've been very patiently listening. And if I've, they got, want to I've just speak, got one last thing to say. Yeah, go for it, coach. Um, I'll finish with the whole FCS thing here in just a second. But as far as Sam Harton, or Hartman, I think back to, I think it was Brady Quinn's junior year when Tom Hammond was commentating on a home game how when blockers were just in defensive linemen were just coming at him and he just step, move, step, move, but he kept his eyes downfield. His just his peripherals see him and he just dodges. As Tom Hammond said, dodging like a matador. That is Sam Hartman. Yeah. All day. Yeah. But as far as the FCS thing, and this is it, and I will end it with this. The Dodgers don't play the Toledo Mudheads or the Durham <laughs> Bulls. That's that's my final thought on do that. Do the Yankees uh, do that as as well? You're a Yankees no, guy. Yan- Yankees don't play anybody in the minors. And yes, I'm comparing no game to the major leagues of college football and Tennessee State in the minors. Point taken. Yeah. I, I I appreciate. I don't it. I don't think you're wrong in that at all. Um, the I I think that's the that's kind of the weird weird nature of this is is how like I made a comparison to Gonzaga University earlier and you know quote unquote lower level non power five basketball conferences or schools or what have you you know and then you got like the Southern Conference and some of this other stuff but they all meet up in the tournament anyway. Um, college football is a little different. It's a little more, you know, um, there's a level of distinguishment per se with college football. And, uh, uh, a lot of that is very historically based. And, and, and the biggest reason is because games quote unquote, take more effort to put together and the season is shorter and the the sheer number of games is a fraction of what you get in basketball point being is uh, coach you're not wrong about saying what you're saying and i and i i, I think you're 100 percent right but the point is it, to use your metaphor again if the dodgers are playing you know the mutt hens of wherever it's not hurting the Dodgers' chances of making the playoffs. It's not hurting the Dodgers in the eyes of the playoff committee today under current college football because that's all we can do. All we can do is play under the current status of the current system that we're in today. There is nothing that is hurting the Dodgers today, metaphorically, by, by playing that game. <coughs> So back to Notre Dame or Alabama playing whoever or whoever the fuck, you know, LSU is playing, you know, in two weeks. The point is Notre Dame playing this game against Tennessee State doesn't hurt them in the long run or playing Navy last week. It doesn't hurt them. It only does if either A, we lose or it's close or B, we don't win the quote games that matter. And I'm using mad air quotes when I say that. 
And I completely understand. It's just, I'm a very old, old traditional guy. It's the same reason. Well, sure. I did not, it's the same reason I didn't like the changing of the words in the fight song. I didn't <laughs> like the artificial turf and didn't like the logo. The same reason I didn't like the jumbotron. E-ticketing it, and yeah, the it, no, the whole the, thing. The, it's the old school traditional. Person the 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 fight song thing is silly, just because like okay, I get I get the whole whatever, but my thing with the fight song is look, only men are playing football, and the fight exactly. song was made after Notre Dame football. Like yes, Notre Dame has women's sports, and Notre Dame women's basketball has done light years more than Notre Dame's men's basketball has ever done. Right. So thank you, Mike Bray. Let's not. Well, and we don't have to shit all. I really don't care about Notre Dame basketball because I'm a Gonzaga basketball fan. We've already established that. But my point is like, like, like it's the common fight song for all of Notre Dame. And I'm not saying it's right, wrong or either. I'm not going to give my opinion about it. What I will say is the fight song historically was was created because of Notre Dame's football team. I want someone to argue with me about that. It wasn't created because of that. That's bullshit. My whole point is, look, if we're watching Notre Dame football, the fight song is because of the the football team, which is made up of men. Now, if yeah. some woman comes out and is great and kicks ass, okay, that's a different story. We'll have that conversation. But that hasn't happened yet at... Notre Dame football. Okay. So so and this is not a, you know, slam against women or anything. Like like can we can we stop with this nonsense? Like like I, I got a mass every Sunday, right? The creed says, you know, and you know, and Jesus became man, right? Like let's not it's not we don't say human. No, Jesus was a man, right? <laughs> it's not I mean there's a historical context that which God had understood, right? The the whole point is let's let's not you know, worry about things that at the end of the day really don't matter. What what really matters is a successful football program. What really matters is <clears throat> our student athletes being successful after they leave Notre Dame. What's really successful is about the education our student athletes are getting. That's what's important at Notre Dame. Okay? Not well, the words of the fucking fight song. Well, again, that's just a traditional aspect. But I've well, got and two if, if tradition was driving it, then we would just leave it as it is. But whatever. Well, I've got two T-shirts that say "Onward to Victory." Those are obsolete and possibly worth lots of money now because that those words in the fight song no longer exist. Right. It's like well, it's I like mean, Chief Wahoo. He's just vanished into oblivion. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not wrong with you here. You know, I, I've got the fight song on the wall here at the studio and it says old Notre Dame will win overall while her loyal sons are marching onward to victory. So that, uh, that's staying up in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, podcast studio because Notre Dame's football team is made up of men. Her loyal sons are ladies, loyal sons. Um, oh, and, uh, and interesting tidbit. So, supposedly, the uh, the writers of the Notre Dame fight song, the tune and everything, supposedly own Auburn's fight song tune as well. Hmm. That's interesting. All right. That'll be a, a kernel of nugget uh, of truth for Just later. Just random trivia for you. 
Appreciate it. Coach Barsegian, really appreciate your comment. Let's, let's jump to some of these other guys who've been very, very patiently. Jason Lynch, Brandon Fry, Dion, Corian, R.C. Wilson, and uh, Tyon. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate your contributions, as always, with the Fighting Irish Faithful Show. A lot longer the show than what I thought we would do, Red Snapper. What do you think? Jason, oh, I'm loving it. Oh, you know, it, it, and this is the passion that comes across, you know, the generations. I think people have been buy. thinking That's... a lot of these things going into this game and, and now, find, like, like, let's get it out there, right? Like, let's people Absolutely. unload. At the end of the day, the common thread is we are Notre Dame fans and we root for our team. We want perfection. And we all have, based on our walks of life, where we're from, where we grew up, the location, the age, all of that plays into it. 100%, you know. So I love it, and I want to definitely hear what Jason's got to say. Jason Lynch, you there? Or do you yes, have sir. an emotional response to the Tennessee State game? <laughs> really? I mean, it's it's an FCS school, whatever. But, I mean, every team, whether it be Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, somebody's playing one of them. Regardless, Alabama happens to be playing three this year. Georgia, I think, three. And it's just we're playing one. So yeah. I'm, I'm like, OK, it is what it is. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I went through and did the the research here and the average is about two to three non power five teams um, for the national champion every year. Um, and in some ways, you could argue that Notre Dame kind of does that. You know, this year we've got Navy, we've got Tennessee State, we've got who do we got west is it western michigan or central michigan i should probably look this up i'm a bad co-host here. but the uh the whole point i'm making is look central michigan thank you red snapper this is why i need a co-host the the whole point is that's three games right there three games okay right. that are not power five not acc not one of our quote-unquote traditional rivals and I think you're hitting on the head. Like, look, everyone's fucking doing this. Like, just because it's F's quote F's labeled SCS, FCS, which is more of a conference thing, quite frankly, right? Um, or like, like let, let's back the bus up. It would anyone be bitching and moaning if we were playing Liberty? Maybe I don't know. Even though they're independent, whatever. Um, yeah, but they're not FCS. Like it's just a, it's just words. It's just a name. It's just an acronym. You know who cares? Um, Are we playing football Saturday? Pardon? Are we playing football on Saturday? We are playing football on Saturday, and we're excited. Are, we're, are we doing a post game on Saturday? Hell yeah, we're doing a post game. Regardless, regardless of our opponent, aren't we trying to win? That's the ultimate. Exactly. So whoever, I don't care who you are on the other side of the field. I'm going to beat you. That is the mentality of going into this week. And that starts with, and I'm going to harp again, every snap, reading your football. That is what this week is about. That's what Central Michigan is going to be about, ironically, right before Ohio State. So I'm sorry. I like the FCS. I like the fact that it puts the onus on the coaches to really coach our guys up in the moment. And if we're going to go one week at a time, as you know, Mark Freeman is kind of coined for this year, one game at a time, one snap at a time. If you're going to boil it down one key at a time, you yes. win your play by doing your job. 
That is what this week is about. That is ultimately how Alabama, I guarantee you, treats these games against FCS schools. How Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State treats these games against FCS schools. It is an elevated practice that gets a a win. It's an elevated practice that gets a win, and I'll take it. And the whole premise of this podcast is the national champions do what they do and be who they are. Well, if they're playing FCS schools, there is something in that that they are definitely drawing from those games that is helping them win championships. So from a, a, a traditional standpoint, you know, even ND Fanatic said, what do we get for it? There's no trophy. There's no, you know, star on the helmet. There's nothing that we get for not having an FCS school. More importantly, if everybody else who's winning national champions is playing an average of two plus, they're getting something out of this. It's called a freaking win and the breakdown of assignment football week after week that they play them. So I honestly see this as a huge win for the team because it creates and it harbors and it encourages the championship mindset that Alabama Georgia and these other teams have had for the last five years. And, and I agree with you, Red Stamper. And and one one thing to tack on to that is if you are playing a quote unquote lower level team that you know you should dominate and you're buying a win, fine. My whole thought is like think of it more kind of in the like down in the trenches. What what happens physically during this game? Your starters will play. Okay, they'll play for you know, two, three quarters, and then nothing. They will rest. What this does is twofold. Number one, it rests your starters. They don't get banged up. And two, your backups get experience. Ding, get... ding, 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 ding. Okay. And and so we talk about, we've talked about this before in the podcast that we, you, it's like year after year with, with Alabama or Georgia or Clemson or, you know, name a team in the last few years from the SEC. It's almost like they've they've figured this out and and we're kind of like finally coming to terms with this, you know, secret sauce here, which is wait a minute, you play a shit shitbag opponent like Tennessee State cuz they they're a shitty team. They're not a good team, right? They don't have it doesn't mean we don't like them, doesn't mean we're mean towards them. No, they're not a good team. They they don't have good talent. We play a shitbag team and Sam Hartman goes out, estimate, whatever, you know, the, we put up three, five, four touchdowns, whatever it is. Okay, then put Angeli in, put the backups in, put Ford in, put, put you know, whoever else in, okay, to to run and, and play football and get more snaps, get more experience, keep them engaged so they don't transfer some of this other crap, okay? Get the no- they you get know, they get some actual game experience they hey maybe they get a touchdown you know again you know running with the twos you know like n- you want to see excited football players see the second string offensive lineman blocking for a fucking touchdown with the second string quarterback and running back you want to talk about guys that are the most amped up and excited during a football game it's your second fucking stringers who are offensive linemen who are in there blocking for a touchdown nothing gives them greater joy than that 
and that Absolutely. is huge. And the first string is going to be on the sideline going. Oh, they're going to be going nuts, right? And everyone's going to love this kind of stuff. It's it's kind of the same mo when you've got like a walk on kind of guy who finally gets granted with a scholarship. You like like it's the same kind of thing. It galvanizes the team. It brings people together. I see this as a positive. I, I really see this as an opportunity to rest the starters so a they don't get banged up or injured or any other nonsense and b it gives the backups a lot of valuable game experience grant it's a lower level opponent but it doesn't matter it's it's for snaps that that matter they're they're plays that matter okay and the points that you put on the board the yards you put on the on the stat sheet what have you that we'll talk about in this podcast they get regurgitated. That stuff matters. And to do that against a lower level opponent, I'm not saying it's okay. Is it exciting football as a fans? The answer is no. But at the end of the day, if that's what it takes for Notre Dame to become a better football team as a whole, so year in after year out, we have this less of a drop off as the starters move on to the NFL or wherever they go. And then the, the, we have a, a new crop of guys that come in. I mean, shit. We want the next group of guys to just pick it up and run with it without, like, missing a beat. That's what we want. I got a question for Jason and then also for you. Oh. Um, would you rather play, and I'm, I'm going to go there with this, would you rather play Marshall or would you rather play an FCS school like Tennessee State week two coming off of what we just came off of. Yay, we got the win. Now we have a shillelagh that's also going to help galvanize the scout team. (laughs) Like all of this stuff. I just see getting more playing time for your second string. I see all of this. What would you rather have as a Notre Dame fan? A, a strenuous, stressful game like we had last year against Marshall, yeah. with a team we should have, which beat, shouldn't have didn't. been stressful, but or a team like Tennessee State that we should also beat, and we're we're going to be staring down hopefully that forty point win. As a Notre Dame fan, I'm going to be happier with the forty point win and my second string getting in and a high scoring game. Because when, at least in recent times, have we, as Notre Dame fans, had those kinds of victories? Yeah. When have we had the 40-point blowouts with the teams we should beat? Yeah, like the yeah, Bowling but- Greens and whatnot. I'll let so, Jason answer. Yes. So, yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. Like, I would rather, like, and at the end of the season, if, say, we're, you know, sitting there in the playoffs and, you know, Granted, we win the playoffs, win the national championship. I don't think anybody's going to give a shit if we played Tennessee State, Notre Dame fan or not. Exactly. I mean, to me, it's just – it's one of those – and I don't know how they even come up with these teams to schedule. I'm sure it's probably not a cakewalk saying, okay, well, we're just going to pick this team. I'm sure not everybody wants to play Notre Dame, so – I don't – with Marcus Freeman, of course, Eddie George, you know, they played together and – their Ohio's connection absolutely yeah. yeah so I'm sure they're pretty good friends and that may have you know intrigued the athletics to go toward Tennessee State I don't know I have a, oh, I have a question for Jason here 
um, and is relevant to the discussion we're having. 2019, Brian Keller's our coach, right? The year of 2019, we played Bowling Green and New Mexico. Jason, do you know how much we beat both of those teams by? I don't remember exact scores, but it wasn't what it should have been. Okay, well, I mean, I mean, both were con- very convincing wins. Both of those games we won by 52 points. It was 52 to zero versus Bowling Green and 66 to 14 against okay, New so Mexico. Now, w- w- and here's where I'm going with this. You clearly didn't remember the outcome of those games. Do you remember the the outcome of the game versus Michigan? In 2019, we lost at the big house. 42-14. Yeah, very close. 45-14, we lost. We lost by 31 Uh, points. Do you remember the game versus Georgia? At Notre Dame. No, 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 no. That was 2017. 2019, it was at Georgia. At at Georgia. Uh, It was... It was closer. We lost by six points. Okay. Right. 23-17, we lost. My point is, I guarantee you, people would remember the quote-unquote close games or even blowout games if you take into account the 2019 Michigan game. You remember the, the games against the teams that mattered, Georgia and Michigan, the two teams we lost to that year, versus right. the games we blew the fuck out of the opponent. Bowling Green, right. New Mexico. My point, and right. back, back to what Red Snapper is saying. You go and play an FCS team, and you 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 pistol whip them by fifty or thirty plus points. No one's gonna give a shit because it it just kind of like disappears, and it's like number one, a you should have done that, and b it doesn't really quote help you. What really helps you is beating quote good teams, power five teams. You know. B- teams with a decent strength of schedule with good talent what have you you know beating ohio state being uh you know usc and being clemson right these are statistically backed up teams with good talent with good performance of what you know what they're putting up as far as you know total touchdowns and defense well maybe not usc because their defense is shit but my point is you go out and you beat a good team that turns to my brows you go out and you beat Tennessee State versus Navy or Central Michigan, no one cares. And 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 that's not to like like say and, and furthermore, that doesn't poo-poo you. No one cares that you even played the game. Because they know, oh, that's just what happens. Right. And we you- we we as Notre Dame fans have been holding on too long to oh well our strength of schedule is so great like jump on twitter you know and and we don't i'm not here to blast anyone and if anyone wants to hold the strength of schedule banner i'm with you right you know i don't think it makes exciting football my whole point is it doesn't earn anything it doesn't earn notre dame anything no notre dame's not gaining any favors in the AP or the college football playoffs because, oh, their name is a strength of schedule of, you know, X, Y, and Z, you know, in, in some regards, it's, it's not even, it's not even that great. Like, like Notre Dame's strength of schedule last year was 50th. 
fiftieth, right? There's yeah. 131 teams in in Division One football, non FCS teams, FBS. Okay, fiftieth. Okay, uh, that's that's not great. <laughs> Like, and and are you gonna say oh well you know at least Notre Dame played BYU like no it's a function of of how well your opponents do like I will say this the team that wins the national t- championship their their strength of schedule is always really high because regardless of the fact that they play two or three FCS or non-power five teams every year they end up playing for a conference championship they play in their own conference they end up going to the playoffs playing at least one two other good teams and beating those teams and they're called good teams you go back and you look at who georgia played the quote-unquote good teams that georgia played last year holy shit it looks really good And and they were convincing wins and I think part of that, too, that is one of the intangibles is the confidence it's going to give to the team. The confidence of seeing, okay, number ones, you're done. Number twos, get in. You know, and, and to keep them engaged and have the, that camaraderie that does span. I think you know, injuries are going to happen. Guys are going to have to step up. And it's a lot more fluid when you have guys with playing time and you have a rapport with guys who don't have happy feet, guys who don't make mental mistakes. And the only way you can do that is by building the confidence of the team and the championship mindset. And that is, again, assignment football. Win your key. Win your down. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Well, Jason, any last thoughts before we uh, let's jump over to Brandon and kind of let's start winding this stuff down. I did not think we were going to go to uh, two almost two hours tonight uh, with this podcast. So, but Jason, any last thoughts here? No, I've, I think you know, like you said, the the Tennessee State game, like you said, the the second stringers they'll remember that. You know, if we blow out Tennessee State, they'll remember that a lot further down the road than you know if we played a team we should have beat and lost. I think yeah. it's just a, it's just one of the tangibles of football, I guess. It's like Red Snapper said, you know, win your assignments, you know, start honing yourself now, and then when it comes time to play the, quote, bigger teams, you're a little bit more prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Being in a dogfight versus Ball State in 2018 is garbage. Okay. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and Grant, I I would I honestly lump Ball State into the same you know bucket as an FCF school like Tennessee State. Fine, uh, and, and let me let me say this: I am not here to dump on Tennessee State or to say that they're trash or they're lower level. Th- that is not what I'm saying. All right, they they st- still are a university. They still have a football program. They still have to put these young men on a bus or a plane or whatever. Get up to South Bend, and and these guys know there's a slight chance they might win, but most likely we're gonna they're gonna get their ass kicked. They're not right. stupid, right? And quite frankly, that takes pride and courage to go out there and know that. You are outmatched and you are going to play against the University of Notre Dame in their own house 
and probably get curb stomped. And quite frankly, I hope we do that, right? Because that's what we as Notre Dame fans should do if we desire excellence. That being said, that doesn't mean we don't like Tennessee State. Doesn't mean that these players, like like they're still young men that are playing football for for said school. It, it, it's just what's going to happen. So the you know you can blame money, you can bl- blame all sorts of other reasons that go into this. But at the end of the day, Here's this the blessing, is the system. The blessing of the environment that is college football today is all of these players and there may be some amazing talent on some of these fcs schools tennessee state coming up this week they are going to have the exposure to show their talent so that it gives them a shot if they want to go in the transfer portal and somebody sees them because of the exposure of playing notre dame and picks them up sure that 100% is the biggest win for any of the FCS schools that play a Power 5 team. Yeah, I mean, what, what do you have to lose, Or a team right? like Notre Dame that has right. a not just a United States audience, a world-renowned audience. There's yeah. Not every Power 5 team can go to Dublin and play. I mean, shit, th- this time last week, my co-host was... I mean, Grant, the show was a little earlier in the night, but... My co-host last week was Stevie D. Irish, who lives in Cork, Ireland. That would not have happened. That's not because of this podcast, because we found each other on the Internet. But that that happens because of Notre Dame. To, right. to Red Snapper's point that you you are a player for Tennessee State and you say you have some breakout good moments for you as in the athlete against Notre Dame, at Notre Dame, in Notre Dame Stadium, in South Bend. You know, that doesn't mean you win the game, but, like, let's say you had, like, a legit move and and you, you know, broke, quote-unquote, broke someone's ankles and you had a good juke and da-da-da-da. Like, these guys are playing college football. Right. And you look as simple as even... Even last year, Blake Groupie was from Arkansas State, which is just right down the road from here. Uh, would he have gotten noticed by the NFL at Arkansas State? Mm, maybe, maybe not. But he's at Notre Dame. He's making kicks, and he starts with the Saints now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, One yeah. year in Notre Dame, and that's, I mean, that's recent. So that's that just goes to show, you know, is the power that relevant of relevant than being a good exposure that is? You know, playing an FCS team at Notre Dame Stadium or at Alabama or Michigan, right? But yeah, he was he was a good kicker at Arkansas State. But does he get signed by the Saints? You know, year one as their kicker from Arkansas State? Absolutely not. Absolutely it's not. Like, yeah, it's yeah. from the Notre. Yeah. So I just uh, I I think it. there's something to say about that. I mean, you know, you you throw Notre Dame on 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 something, you know, and that's. You know, people go, "Wow!" You know, that jumps off the page, and and oh, you know that, whether that, that, that that's that, whether that's because of Lou Holtz or Father Hesburg or or you know, pick your favorite reason, or even Rudy, or you know, hopefully it's our Lord Jesus Christ and His Mother, Our Lady, you know, Mary, the Mother of God. Um, but you know, not everyone's Catholic, but it's just fine. Um, but my point is, people recognize Notre Dame uh, for whatever reason. And my hope is that all reasons 
not only benefit the individual with the, um, you know, with kind of that, that mention on the resume or, or, you know, however you want to describe that versus the, the, the opportunity that, that, that provides that individual. And, and let, let me put it this way. How many doors get closed to somebody because they mention Notre Dame? Doesn't happen. Right. Never. Does never will happen. Well, well, maybe not, but <laughs> most likely it doesn't happen. Touchdown. Oh, really? Oh, really? <laughs> like, like that? That's I a conversation starter. Broke a yard for fifty-two yards. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I, really? I, I think if if I brought the same passion to Purdue football, if I said, "Oh, yeah, I run a Purdue football podcast," you know, this is a hypothetical situation. People would be like the fuck you know it just gave me this weird <laughs> look but but if i say i run a notre dame football podcast people are like oh oh what's that <laughs> um now what i would love to say is just i run a hashtag rtdb podcast you know but that that may fall on deaf ears too so All right. Well, Jason, I really appreciate you jumping on. Uh, member of the Dill Slippercons universe here. Editor, editor, just the editor. Not whatever. Not, not much. Oh. Theme. Not much. On you the know, editor. we're under the same banner here. So, hello, coworker. Right. I got to be nice to you, otherwise HR is going to report me. So. That's right. I did see <laughs> Hendricks been just for a minute there a while ago. So he's. I yeah. I never saw his candy ass here. He's like umpiring. He, he wasn't- Whatever. <laughs> hey, boss. <laughs> We're talking snap about you behind your back. Yeah. Right. yeah. So he's not here, so we can talk about him. <laughs> um, right. You know, what's interesting is, is and, and Jason, you may have some interesting thoughts here. We did not give the Twitter shout out tonight. Um, you know, it, it's halfway serious here. So the the twitter shout has to go out to the irish breakdown podcast i don't know if it's a podcast whatever it is but but uh, uh, i don't know if it was yesterday or a couple nights ago it doesn't matter the point is there there was a very serious um um what i believe is a health situation now whether it's leg cramps or taco bell it doesn't matter all i'm going to say and i know this is i want to do this earlier in the show because it's so late in the show now but uh, what I will say is this is is we offer our prayers up for the Irish Breakdown show. You know, very serious. You know, it's a Catholic, yes. Catholic podcast. We offer our prayers to Irish Breakdown and the the men that run that show. And I will offer you this passage from Scripture. And, and so so go home, dust off your Bible, what have you. Um, if you're Catholic, it's definitely probably dusty. If you're Protestant, you're probably it's probably a little less dusty, right? <laughs> We're, we're catholic we know those things um psalm chapter 38 verse 7 go to psalm 38 7 and and, and i think that that will be the prayer to, to the irish breakdown show so go check it out read your bible before you go to bed psalm 38 7 irish breakdown our prayers are with you you are the twitter shout out for the night thank you irish breakdown yeah, I was just glad that Jimmy took the show to the bathroom instead of bringing the bathroom to the. <laughs> what? You're breaking the news. 
people can go look this up on social media. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, we'll move it on. We mentioned Taco Bell. People know what's going on here. Okay. It, who knows if that's actually what happened? But I think Psalm 38 7 is, is appropriate here. So, if you want to say something, please throw your hand up and we'll get you on. Yeah. If you got. Yeah. We us. invite uh, Corian29, Corian at Corian291 on the uh, Twitter. We invite you to speak if you wish to jump on. By all means. There's another person here, here, uh, Oriental. Uh, four sixes here if you want to jump on by all means if you uh you wish to join the fighting irish faithful show by all means um if not uh the couple of last stats here you know look at, a lot of people are trying to make um I, I and i think it's a little bit of grasping grasping at straws i don't know about you red snapper but you know look eddie george is the coach of tennessee state look he's a he's a very successful player in the nfl he was a Heisman Trophy winner. He played at Ohio State from 92 to 95 under John Cooper. Um, I didn't, you know, it's funny, it's going back and doing this research. I didn't realize how far, quote unquote, in the past uh, Eddie George played at Ohio State versus Marcus Freeman. For some reason, I thought they were, they, there was actually an overlap, which is it was just clearly not the case, which now that I think about it retrospectively makes way more sense. Um, cause yeah, Marcus room didn't even play for the same coach. He didn't play for Cooper, play for Trestle. So, um, so, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, there's a connection between Eddie George and Marcus Freeman. I'm like, well, other they're than a, the fact they went um, to Ohio state, I guess. Yeah, they're alone. But I, you know what? It, they I weren't teammates, it. right? They, they were teammates, but not, they never played together. They, you know, they're. That's like saying like Great House is a teammate of, you know, Jeff Samarja, right? <laughs> I was never a teammate of Matt Liner. I was never a teammate of. I thought he was a freshman while you were a senior. Right, but he was never on the sideline with me at the same time. Ah, okay. My bad. I thought he was, but okay. And, you know, so do I. You know, um, why well, I can't think of his name right now. Bryce Young. Bryce Young, thank you. Another alum of Modern Day. Did we have the same sideline? Yes. Did we ever stand on that sideline together? No. Do we both know what it means to wear the you just gotta You just got to throw your letterman's jacket on and put your ring on and just be like, hey, what's up? And just kind of show up and see what happens. Exactly. There's <laughs> instant so if Eddie George and Marcus Freeman made that connection and that's why we're playing Tennessee State, more power to them. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, is that really what the what the Notre Dame Illuminati or the puppet masters, however you want to describe it, it's really negative for me to say that, but Jack Swarbrick. <laughs> Notre Dame and Illuminati? <laughs> Uh, you look, Notre Dame's got connections, whatever. Yeah, I mean, th- those those fuckers know that. Uh, yes, and I said that out loud. Those fuckers know that that I I run this podcast, right? And and I will say this, okay? Look, and we've saved this for now, and and it didn't quite come out as uh smooth and articulate because I was hoping this would come out better when we're doing kind of the Navy post game show, but uh, look, I'll I'll just say this the. Jadarian Price is is in 
is on the team, right? We got the prices right. You going on? And where the fuck is this fucking thing? Oh my gosh! Your soundbite. <laughs> I'm fucking looking for. I all I got is the price is wrong here. What? What the fuck? Oh, I'm so pissed right now. Oh gosh. That's nah, all good. No, no, no. Here we go. Here I I got it. Here we're good. My my whole point is look, Jadarian Price, he scores a rushing touchdown. This is the one of many. And what I'm really just, just as what Notre Dame did with Michael Mayer, Michael they Mayer. played the Hallow- Halloween theme, right? Which which we came up with. No, I don't know if we came up with that. Do uh, you know what? We had mentioned it two weeks before. I and don't know. I did. Uh, that might have no. been 2020, 2020. Regard, it, no. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, I, I don't want to get wrapped around the axle on that. All <laughs> I'm going to say is, and, and, and Five Foot Nothing Pod, I'm very hap- ha- happy, gave me this credit uh, in his most recent show. We said this after the spring game. Well, that wasn't this past spring game. The previous no, spring, spring game. Games. Yeah, 2022? Yeah. Okay. I said, and and because Price looked great, and I said, anytime Price scores a touchdown in Notre Dame Stadium, they need to run out this shit. Listen to me, Notre Dame. I'm telling you right now, Price is going to score a rushing touchdown. Any touchdown. You've got to run this theme in Notre Dame Stadium. Just run it. Do it. Play this in the stadium. People will love it. Absolutely. We have been running this banner. And say, yeah, okay, they, they might monitor us, but I, if they start playing No, nah, they just it, monitor it, my it, Etsy store, right? You are on their target board, man. You they have they know I'm there because they know I talk shit. Wonder why? Because they know they can't actually silence me because of this thing called the First <laughs> Amendment, right? And that's not to get political. It's just like like they know they can't do shit because they know people are still going to listen to me, which is something the Irish Breakdown Show can't do, right? Because they have overlords and they'll lose their press access because they'll lose their money or you know. And that's no disrespect to Irish Breakdown. I'm just saying. We have a li- we can be a little more cavalier in our language on this exactly. show. Coach, the- you want to jump back in? God rest his soul, Bob Barker. But is it not yes. awesome how him being the host of The Price is Right, he lived as close to that $1 mark as you could without going over? Yeah, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, good times. Good times. Well, if no one else jumps on, we've, we've invited uh, uh, Corian twenty nine to jump on. If uh, if you want to jump on, by all means, give your give your thoughts of uh, even the Navy game or even the game against Tennessee State. If not, we're gonna uh, I think shut it down. We've talked a lot about the historical black college thing, um, the remote connection between Eddie George and Marcus Freeman, just a little bit here at the end. Um, and I put in my piece about uh, Jadarian Price. Um, now, I will say this. Eddie George, this is not his first time he's experienced 
Notre Dame. The The first time and only time he experienced Notre Dame was a home game, Notre Dame at Ohio State in 1995, where he kind of blew things up and Ohio State won 45-26 in the shoe. Uh, and the next year after that, he departed Ohio State. So, uh, so he's not a stranger, quote-unquote, to Notre Dame as a team, but let's face it, those are the last two years of Holtz. They were kind of the the downer years, and at the same time, um, Holtz is kind of on his way out. But a George never experienced Notre Dame at Notre Dame Stadium. So good uh, good things going for Notre Dame, and quite frankly, we have better talent. You know, there, there are no stats I can do, stats of champions, uh, CFB stats, you know, pick your favorite websites. Like Eddie, Eddie George went 4-7 and seven last year. Um, this is his third season coaching. Technically, he has more experience as a head coach than Morgan Freeman, but let's face it, he has got a record of nine wins and 13 losses. Again, it's Tennessee State. He's, you know, not Marcus Freeman with a uh, two out of three win percentage here. No, I'm looking forward to it. So it should it should be a good week. Should be a great game. And I'm looking for, you know, how how do we look in the first quarter? How do we come out? Do we look like a, the well-oiled machine that we were? Or, you know, over in Dublin, do we have to kick some rust off? What what? How do we look? I want to see at least the same pacing, if not more, than the first quarter of, you know, this last week. I want to see... 14 to 21 points in the first quarter. I want to see how well we push it and how well we read our assignments. Yeah. No, no complaints here. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to see the, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to see the fluke receiver get behind our secondary. I don't want to see those little subtle mistakes. Those were assignment misses, you know? Yes. It's the triple option. Everyone's cheating up because they're going to run the ball 99% of the time. But you can't have that. I mean, the game would have been completely different if both of those passes had been caught. So, yeah. oh yeah, last week, yeah. No, I'm with you there. Oh yeah. So yeah. that's that's what to improve on, and that's what I don't want to see this week. Good, 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 good. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's kind of. I think that'll shut us down for tonight. This is the Fighting Irish Faithful podcast, uh, part of the Dos Leprechauns universe. And uh, we thank you, everyone who has joined us tonight. Anyone from Five Foot Nothing Pod, Coach Barcigian, Jimmy Gallagher, Jason Lynch, uh, ND Fanatics. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing someone else. Um, but no, it's been it's been a good show. My co-host Red Snapper at Red Snapper 1998. Uh, Coach uh, Red Snapper, any uh, What's the surf report? Is it still uh, stable and consistent out there in Southern California? Do you know what? I'm going to have to look. <laughs> I didn't look today. And how well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it'll be, it'll change by the time it's sunrise tomorrow there on the West coast. So we thank you everyone for joining the fighting Irish faithful show, you know, a little more lively than I thought it was going to be. You know, it's, it, Look, this is a new game for Notre Dame. We're playing a historical black college. We're playing our first FCS team, all these other things. Um, I really think that, that Notre Dame has the opportunity 
to just just go out there, gain the momentum from from the Navy game. We we let's not look macro. Let's not look at you know the, oh what is the the hidden message here? Look, it's just another football game. Your your job in this game is to go out there and win, beat up the opponent. I don't care if it's Tennessee State. I don't care if it's Alabama. Your job is to go out there and and beat the shit out of them. Whether you're successful or not, you know, the coaches will ultimately be the measuring stick um, in this podcast. We're excited to play. We're always excited to watch our Irish. Um, Whether it's the quote-unquote most exciting riveting game is another story. But at the same time, we do not want Tennessee State to be a quote exciting game. We want it to be a boring uh, drubbing of our opponent. And with that, go Irish, beat Tigers. It's caught by Samaja inside the 20, inside the 10. He's going in. Notre Dame has scored. Dawson throws open receiver in the end zone. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Somehow, the Irish did it. Out of the pack, 30, 35. Goodbye, baby. At the 50, the 40, the 30, the 20, the 10. Five, five, rocket touchdown, Irish. Tyree, whoa. Can he get there? Zibikowski looking for a block. Touch to the right to the 40. Gets a block. Gets to the 45. 50. Up to the 45. 40. 30. One man to beat. 20. 15. 10. He's down to the 5. Touchdown, Irish.